0: Today we're going to be talking about, since we're in one of these dreaded international breaks, even though we've got some some good uh, football action here in, in, in the States and in Canada uh, between MLS and ASL and USL, uh, the, the, the teams that have not been... Uh, affected by international calls because it seems like the, the calls are getting greater for those leagues to break too because so many guys are missing this weekend. But we have no club action in Europe, this uh, at least top division and second division club action in Europe this weekend. So we're in an international break. So we are going to focus on something completely different today, which is social media and how it's been driving the conversation for better or for worse. I think a lot of people would think for worse here in our wonderful world of football. So let me bring in Steve Steve Brant, who's, uh, who's a great friend, uh, a great supporter of, of the game, knows more uh, from a sophisticated point of view about this sport than just about anyone in the American soccer press. Uh, Steve, how are you today? How are things in upstate New York?
1: Not bad. It's hot. It's probably hotter than Florida up here. I'm up in I'm up in Buffalo, and I, I took my walk. I took my walk home from from work, and I finally got. The, I finally got the finally got around the corner, I'm like, it's still cold. I mean, it's still very, very warm.
0: Yeah. I talked to someone in Toronto earlier today who told me basically the same thing that it was balmy and it was, uh, they cannot wait for fall to come and then winter comes and that's miserable up your way. But let's, let's dive into this topic, Steve, because one of the things that I've noticed now as we, even this week, let's just talk about this week, transfer window closes in Europe, I think the conversation was so fueled by, uh, by social media about the transfer window. Who's a good signing? Who's a bad signing? Uh, and you're a Liverpool supporter, so maybe you could speak to this. Brendan Rodgers has made a number of signings these last two two years summer window last year, summer window this year. I can't remember if you brought in anyone in, in January last year. Maybe you did. Uh, but uh, uh, and, and it seems like the perception of these players, at least from where I sit, has been fueled, the perception of these players among media. People actually cover Liverpool. People actually cover the Premier League, fueled by what's on Twitter.
1: You, you know, that's, a, that's what's strange about the sport. I mean, before thinking about the negative of social media, let's be honest – Social media has done a lot of good for the sport. I mean, I don't know you without social networking. I don't have a podcast without it. I don't know Chris. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good. I mean, it's a great way to connect with a lot of people in this. I mean, as Cardick said, I'm in Buffalo. We all know where he is. He's in Fort Lauderdale. So it's it's a great way to connect with people and share me. The problem I've always had with it, is it such a knee-jerk fall down? Every player is bad type of thing because the one player that your team transferred in, you had a bad save in Football Manager with, <laughs> so he's horrible. Like Mario Balotelli. Now I'll tell you, I've been playing Football Manager since got six. Each different, each one, he's a different type of player. The one in, in 15, and fifteen that I'm playing now on my phone. He sets the world afire at Liverpool. Sets the world afire. But because we are such a reactionary society, and this is among all media, all types of all types of subjects, is that we have to be the first to hate on something. Yeah. Okay. And that's aggravating to me. I mean, it's it's almost turned me away from being a Liverpool fan because. 90% of the time, everything Brandon Rodgers does is horrible. Right. Every player he's transferred in is horrible. Every way he treats a player is horrible. He probably breathes today, and some player didn't like
0: it. Well, what is or, it about Rodgers? What is it well, about Rodgers? Because I, we didn't see, I, I mean, again, this may be the bias of Liverpool fans, and I hate to pick on you, Steve, but we didn't see this sort of reaction to Kenny Dalglish, who, by the way, made several signings that were much worse than Rodgers' worst signings, and whose uh, place, placement in the league has never been as high as, as uh, well, in his second stint of course, manager, as high as Rodgers. Well, I mean, what is it about you guys, Liverpool Well, fans? Uh, well,
1: you're, you're, you're taking two different things here. You're talking about <coughs> Brendan Rodgers, who has nothing to do with Liverpool before he shows up. Right. And Kenny Daglish, Kenny Daglish is a God in Liverpool for, not only for what he did around Hillsborough and he still does a lot of work with the Hillsborough families, but for being a player, being a manager. So basically the man can walk on water and, Nothing he does wrong. Now, I'll be honest. I am a Liverpool fan because of Ken Daglish. I didn't get to see him play or manage it the first time, so seeing what happened later, the 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 sport had passed him by by the second time he came back. He did get to two cup finals and get get the team back into Europe. Good, but Liverpool and I assume this is going to be the case twenty years from now with Man City is that they're so insular because they've really never liked outside and from yeah. outside yes. managers. It took them a while to warm up the Rafa Benitez, and now he's a Spanish scouser. Yeah. So that's what you're seeing with the hatred of Brendan Rodgers because he was not a former player. Now, yeah, he, he played, but he, he had a horrific injury. But what you see is that regardless of what he does, it's always gonna be wrong. He could he could set the league on fire, win the win the title going away, and it would not be like Bill Shankly would do it, because all these players don't like him. I would go I would rest assured if you went back and had this type of media back in the eighties you would see something completely different. Now, yeah, last, is a saint.
0: Right, but Managers are, wouldn't last as long, right? They wouldn't last as long. Uh, I was really relieved to see the um, the piece by Neil Ashton today in the Daily Mail about Manchester City because it was a very intelligent piece about Manchester City's transfer policies and Raheem Sterling, et cetera. Uh, the, the types that we have not seen yet in the British press because there was so much reaction to what was going on on social media. I think... Uh, I, perceptions of things that have, have been created to where managers can't survive for very long, right? We've, we're seeing this, right? Managers are reacting to social media. Uh, the uh, the, uh, the boardrooms are reacting to social media.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, we just had the case of a social media man, uh, famous manager, get, get his feet cut out from underneath him. Because let's be honest. Thomas Rangan is one of the f- yes. best follows and I'm sure you've met him and talked to him in person. He's a very fun guy. We saw the other side of why being on social media is probably not good for you. Cause I mean, you, you look at what it is, is that during a game and us in America get it a lot different than what people are going to be listening to this overseas is that we see every game in every league all the time, yes. so we're able to sit here and diagram or talk about the game.
0: Yeah, people in England, by the way, are very jealous of us when I tell them. Uh, even on our EPL, uh, our World Soccer Talk Review Pod, I tell Lawrence McKenna, my co-host, "Hey, I saw all ten games. NBC showed all ten games in one form or another. They they, they have to wait for match of the day to see things, right?" So we see everything. Yeah, go on, continue.
1: Yeah, exactly. And see, my my well, seventy-one-year-old father always refers to the BBC as everything they get all the games. I'm like, not really. We're the ones that get it. So that's, what's really driving social media is the angst behind. It's because we get to see so much of the sport and there are so many people, and especially on this side of the um, raindrop that are watching it and analyze it because they grew up watching only great soccer. I mean, you, I mean, when you wrote your book, you talked about how you had to follow it at different times. People growing up nowadays, I would say from about 18 to about 30 year olds, do not understand that up until maybe five years ago, we would get like one game a month. Yeah. So seeing all this, and it's even different for you because I know you watched the original strikers. Now, the, we get to analyze so much soccer, so everything is bad. And that's what gets—that's what gets me—is that truly some of the fun times I've had are going to games, watching games, coaching games, writing about games. Is that the sport is when it's played well, and even sometimes when it's not played well, it's a beautiful thing to watch.
0: Yeah, you know, speaking of—that's—that's that's a really interesting point because I, gosh, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name. Famous, famous uh, uh, from from the Liverpool area, Scouser. Uh, wrote um, wrote, wrote, a, wrote a collection of short stories a, a few years ago, and I talked to him uh, a few, few years back about Bob Paisley, specifically. And he made the point that in this day and age with television shows and social media and all of this, because Paisley was living in Shankly's shadow, he never would have gotten two, three years to finally win the European Cup and then become this legendary manager with his own record, which compares... Comparably to uh, to Shankly. He would have been gone.
1: I, I, I imagine what Leeds would have been with all. Uh, oh, and I just blanked on his name. Don imagine me. what, imagine um, Clough at Leeds nowadays. Oh my
0: Clough. goodness. Well, uh, yeah, right, right,
1: right. Imagine Clough nowadays. Clough nowadays would probably be. I'm not, it's, these two are not the same type of person. It's kind of be would be kind of Rondin.
0: Yeah, yeah, Clough would be on <laughs> would be on Twitter. He'd be saying the things he did, and, and so this this is the question. Let me ask you because there were a lot of people after Rondin was sacked that said to me, you know. He probably deserved it because of what he was doing on Twitter after games, even when they would lose, and he would make a joke out of it, and he would interact, and he would interact with people like you and me, right? I mean, we're two we two of the guys who probably talk to him the most. So, um, I, I, what do you think about that? Because people are like, oh, well, it's, well, not. Many people, but there are some people who came and said, "Well, he deserved it." And there are people in the game who told me, "Well, he deserved it." It doesn't matter that they that they were performing okay and that they were in a, in a spot to make the postseason. His antics on Twitter mean that he shouldn't be a head coach. Well, fair, fair or unfair? I,
1: I I'm going to temper this by saying because I also lost my collective mind on Twitter right after I saw this happening because. Rangan has been really good to me. Yeah, and and I lost my mind, too. I know I was out
0: of control that day. That whole day, it was now two weeks ago, right? Friday, 13 days ago. uh, You and I, among others, were very animated all day. We we will say, leave it that way. Now, I
1: will say, when I originally thought of it, part of it was my thought that he didn't get enough time to implement what he wanted. Now, the other thought in my mind, and rightfully so, I think he was a little bit too easy to talk to. I mean, <laughs> we all know, I mean, if you listen to the unused substitutes, Pot, he was there every Monday. Yeah. Every Monday, he would sit there, he would have a beer, he would have a burger, and talk about the gate. He, when I had he, you, you and him on air, I did not clear that with the Rowdies. I talked to him personally, he said, yeah, I will come on. Now, that was probably... Not a good thing. Now, I also got a scarf to him there at the Rowdies, and he took pictures of it all over Al Lang Stadium. So I think his ego was going to get the best of him anyway, and I think he's kind of seeing that because he's been real tempered since the firing. But I also thought he was going to be gone within a couple years that some MLS team was going to come for him that – there, there are teams in MLS right now that would do well with him. I mean, put put that man in Chicago, and he would be loved.
0: Yeah, put him in put him in Philly. I think Philly could really use him because Philly also has, has has had enough young players come through uh, that that he could identify talent. He could work work through that. Farouk was also fired that day. Farouk has kept a lower profile on social media since as well. So I, I I'll point that out. Um, uh, Farouk Karachi, uh, and by the way, just a little shameless plug here, I, I did a, a podcast yesterday with, with Farouk's son George, who is the uh, publisher and editor and uh, everything, all the good stuff with Howler Magazine, we talked about the NASL, MLS, USSF situation, so let, let, let's go to that, Steve, here's where Twitter now is, has become... In our here in the United States, we'll get back to the transfer window in England in a few minutes, but uh, where I see that there's a real problem is these ideological camps. I I guess we'll start with Ted. We'll start with soccer reform. We'll start with Ted Westervelt. There has become now ideological camps, as far as I'm concerned, between NASL fans and MLS fans and maybe some USL fans, but they're really not partaking in this, and people who are strict adherents, uh, and we'll get to the Klinsman thing in a minute. So, uh, but... N.A.S.L. fans, M.L.S. fans, and you can't be have a reasoned opinion in the middle without being attacked by both sides. And it's almost like Steve, and I'm going to say this, maybe, maybe you disagree disagree with this, that the talking points that are coming from the Cosmos fans on one side, this whole it seems like there are more Cosmos fans on Twitter than people actually going to Cosmos games, Um, and they all have the same talking points, and they all sing from the same song sheet. The, the 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 battle between them on one side and then the core of pro single entity kind of big soccer driven uh mls fans on the other is insufferable and I think the leagues themselves take those talking points and then that's their talk those are their talking points for their own battle. they're getting it generated by fans on Twitter and by Ted. Well,
1: you're you're not completely wrong with that. I mean and i I have talked to ted a number of times i was on a podcast with him a while back now we can all admit when you listen to ted he's not a dumb man by no no no, no. the him imagination himself. and there are very few people that actually know the history of the sport as well as that guy does i mean the, some of the stuff that he po- posts up on his other account is really cool and i hope he i hope he finishes that finishes that damn book he's been writing for years. Um, I am not completely convinced, and they will never be able to prove this to make me feel good enough that I don't I think that ninety percent of the ProRel crowd is actually Ted. <laughs> I have not, I mean, to this day, no one can ever accuse me until I see a picture of ha- of Gary, Ben, and Ted all standing next to each other, I am not convinced those
0: three aren't all him. Um... What about the soccer deacon? What about the long list of New York Cosmos fans? Who are that's talking? another problem. That's though, another yeah. problem, right. And then the Cosmos organization reacts to them because then they pile on me and uh, and say I'm biased and, and uh, all this nonsense uh, uh, that they start about. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I do have my biases. I prefer Florida teams. I'm upset the Rowdies didn't win the, the spring championship. I still am. So I, 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 By pointing out there were a couple bad calls that went against the Rowdies in the Spring and benefited the cosmos. Then I had a legion of hate, which just goes along with this other thing. But, well, yeah, I, I'm fans. not,
1: I'm not well thought of among the cosmos fans anyway. And I have openly, there are teams that I just don't approach. Because if you've listened to my show, I've talked to everybody, every level. I'm one of the few MLS bots that's talked about every level. Um, the. The tenor of the Cosmos crowd is almost as bad as the Emerald City supporters group, is that <laughs> they are so sh- sure that MLS is out to cook them because MLS does not want to be like the old NESL. Well, folks, let's be brutally honest. MLS won. They outlived what the old NESL was, and they did it pretty effectively. Now, MLS isn't perfect. I'm sure Don Garber, if you put some truth serum in him, would say the same thing too. Um, I don't stand most of the negative people. Once they start going a little bit sideways, I block them because I'm 90% a smartass online. I mean, I, (laughs) I do that just to annoy the snot out of people, and I'm blocked by a lot of people. I'm not blocked by some people, and it surprises me. But the tenor of the Cosmos fans, and I have to temper this because I know a couple of Cosmos fans that are just really truly great guys, is annoying. And this doomsday worst case scenario is bad. Now it's because of Manchester City Jr., I mean I'm sorry, NYCSC. And how that was all brought in and that it was not the Cosmos. And it's just obnoxious.
0: But the Cosmos made the decision before that to go to NASL because they said they wanted to protect their brand rights, their property, all this stuff. Right? I I mean, I think Garber, I can speak, now I'm speaking, maybe speaking out of school. But being someone who worked for the NASL at the time when we brought the Cosmos into the league, there was was shock among MLS people. Because they always assumed that they were going to have access at some point to that game. Uh, but then they cooked them, right? They went and got Man City with all their money and then the Yankees involved, and they 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 they, they, they knew they had to beat them. They went and got the, the, the heavy art, artillery.
1: You could not... This is where I'm going to kind of differ on a point is that you could not put the Cosmos in MLS with what they were. Is that that neuters that brand right away. It's kind of probably a help that they're... NESL, forever how long the NASL is going to be around because it shines a light on another league no matter if it's Division one Division two Division four Division seven whatever it is right. that it makes you think of the other leagues and I just love <laughs> it when the British press tries to cover the sport and says that like Freddie Adu signs a a DP contract for the for the rowdies I just laugh every time because people aren't studying this. I don't think you could have done the cosmos and given homage to what the name is and put them in MLS. Like you could have, you cannot put, bring Bethlehem steel back and throw that, throw them into MLS. I'm sure if you talk to some of the guys, they probably have thought of bringing back some of the names before they brought Timbers, Vancouver and Seattle in, but the Cosmo's name is like bringing Freddie Adu back. It's one of those names that it's glorified and thought of by the retro junkies, but in and of itself, to this generation, and I'm saying 20-year-olds, it means nothing.
0: Yeah, you know, I I was wrong about that. I I thought it was a big freaking deal. And uh, found... That I was wrong. That you're right, actually, with that. That it it means zilch to that to 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 those to those people. And in fact, the Sounders, the Timbers, they meant more because there had been a continuity or a, a degree of continuity in those names. Uh, those teams, in particular, not the Whitecaps, not the Earthquakes, but uh, that 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 had fought in like lower division leagues in that dark period, the Dark Ages, as I call it, between 1984 and 1996, between the fall of the NESL and the start of MLS, there had been Sounders teams, there had been Timbers teams, and then they kept playing in USL. And there has been basically brand continuity. I mean, I talked about this with George yesterday uh, off off the air, that the Sounders brand has existed for all but about two or three years since 1974. Uh, The Cosmos brand disappeared for 26 years, 27 years, something like that.
1: Completely yeah, and different. my generation doesn't know it, Cardick, without once-in-a-lifetime.
0: Right,
1: yeah. That I yeah. I don't know them before... <clears throat> to be honest, I don't know them without... I don't know them without that. I don't know you though once-in-a-lifetime. I'll be brutally honest. Once I watched it, I went searching online, NASL, and your name pops up. Not as far as being a communications director. You just pop up. So... I mean, we've got to think – we've got to temper our thought of what the Cosmos really are. They are – as, and I don't know what their financial situation is. They are, whatever division you call them, good team. They're, they're not – I wouldn't even call them not on Am Forest or Darby. They're just a franchise that existed. Now, that's where you could say stuff like, Tampa and Fort Lauderdale, who, after the NASL folded, popped up every now and then. Cosmos went dark. Yes.
0: And, and I yeah, well, that's uh, yes, right. So before the yes, Striker's brand, uh, I'll point this out. The Striker's brand was a continue was um, basically a continuous brand with the exception of two years when we had the Fort Lauderdale Suns team and then a couple of their other years in Minnesota uh, from 77 until 1995-96 when the Miami Fusion came. So it had basically a 19-year lifespan, take out 84-85 and 85 when we had the Sun, 86-87 when the Strikers were still in Minnesota. Yeah, and, and started back up in 88 right through 90, 97, actually. So, yeah, and the Rowdies were a continuous – when the NASL folded, the Rowdies – that Rowdy's organization was the one organization that didn't fold. Well, actually, the Sting didn't either. The Sting went to uh, went to the uh, uh, MISL, and same thing with the Strikers and, and Minnesota Strikers. But uh, Tampa Bay was the one team that stayed in playing outdoor soccer until nineteen ninety three. Same organization, same same everything, just in a different league.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that and th- that's what these fans have to point. I would I would love to look at what the Twitter cosmos fans are what their demographic is and see how actually old they are because my fear with soccer supporters and this is kind of gets back to why I have a show is that they're uninformed they're looking at the shiny thing because it's what their friends are talking about I developed my show to get get people to think deeper about the sport I mean, if you could go off and follow Barcelona, go ahead. If you're going to follow Manchester City, go ahead. But think about it deeper. Then this, and don't become a negative Nancy. Don't become a Twitter Twitter fan. I mean,
0: don't become Ted. Yeah, don't become Ted. Let's let's get to some comments from uh, from listeners Uh, on you sub. Pod We talked about earlier, and, and, and Thomas, uh, Daniel has, has left a comment, Cosmos fans need to hit your wagon to ProRail, otherwise they've got no hope of D1, and so, of course, a lot of those Cosmos fans, as we talked about, they get behind Ted and everything Ted's said, said, saying, not the drum. Cosmos fans want ProRail because they want it in, in the top league. I'm a Caps fan, uh, and he's got the old Taps logo. It's his avatar. That's that is cool. Uh, that would be screaming for pro if we were still in USL. Uh, Don Garbage says, loving this conversation. Extremely polarized country right now with Klinsman, pro Rel, etc." I love the tension. Um, okay, so I wanted to get to the Klinsman topic. So it seems like uh, Twitter is driving the Klinsman conversation again, where we have two camps. Um Klinsman, on, uh, the pro-Klinsman people who will defend anything he does, and then the anti-Klinsman people, which includes some prominent journalists. Actually, there's some prominent journalists on both sides, but more on the anti-Klinsman side, that bash any quote he gives in any article and then use Twitter to wind up their followers. Uh, because, of course, they're not necessarily following all the fans, but all the fans are following them. Um, I think of Leander Sherlock, I'm going to call him out right here, from foxsoccer.com. He, uh, he, he obviously has something, he has a hard honor, something for Klinsman, and he's uh, it, it, anything anti, and I like Leander, he's <laughs> like writing a lot, he's, I think he's one of the more, he's one of the really good American soccer writers, but on Klinsman, he's made up his mind, he's made his mind up, and has used Twitter to fuel the conversation and fuel the, the anger towards uh, JK, towards the national team manager. What do you think well, about that?
1: Well, I mean, you and I are both writers. So, I mean, you you, you know, when you get it set in your head about something, and I'll be brutally honest, people who have listened to me long enough know for about a couple of years, I hated Landon Donovan with a passion. I just ripped into him regardless. And then I had someone off air text me and say, cut it. This is who he really is. So I can understand what Leander's going through. Um, I'm... I'm kind of like my father when it comes to coaches, in that there's good and bad with both of them. Now, the one thing about Jurgen that a lot of people are over are missing here is they're thinking, oh, he's just this outsider, he doesn't know US soccer, he doesn't know US sports. He's been living in the country since the 90s. He played in one of the lower leagues. Folks, he knows what he's talking about. Yes, yeah. is he German? Yes, he's an all-star. Yes, he's coached in other things. To effect change in the sport, you have to ask the difficult questions. And I like that he does that. I like that he just doesn't massively call up all the MLS players or yeah. call up all- all of the German players will go, this is who it is. I mean, he's capped some players, and we'll be brutally honest, he's capped some players or fallen in love with some players that have backfired on him. I have a st- sad feeling that Julian Green is going to backfire on him. He's, Or as what I have called, Freddie Adu Part 2.
0: Yeah, DeAndre Yedlin hasn't yet, but that's another one that could. Uh, that's uh, not his fault. John, John Brooks. Uh... Yedlin, Yedlin's not
1: his fault because I think there is a – my, I think there's a gap overseas, and this would be a real interesting thing to talk about with with a Brit. Is when the Americans go over, Sands, maybe Dempsey, they just don't work out overseas. And Yedlin is because Spurs are a well loved, co- well loved franchise. Sorry, club club over yeah. here. Club over here that they had to have that American. I mean, they had Dempsey. Now Ed they freedom. have Yedlin. They had I, Keller. They yeah, they have
0: had Americans through the years.
1: Yeah. So I think I think with I think with Jurgen that we're afraid because we're so soccer insular that if so, we're so
0: yeah, I think a lot of the conversation about him has to do with the fact that he's foreign. I asked Richard Farley. Our friend, our colleague here, did World Soccer talk about this, and he said, "Well, you know, what? the only way we would fix it if you are going to went back in time." And he, his birth certificate said he was born in California rather than moving there in his thirty. Speaking of Spurs, of course, been the Spurs fan. I want to get back to Liverpool. Blaskowski says Dageleish uh, with uh, three excla- exclamation points and caps. Rogers has the whole pompous thing down. At least for me. Uh, let me ask you this: as we're, we're talking about this conversation, social media. Brendan Rogers gives some of the most Mind numbing press conferences, right? Some of the, the strangest post match interviews. Because I, it, it, but is it because, as I'm thinking about this topic, he knows how the reaction is going to be on Twitter. So he's going to have to say, hey, you know, we were really in this game, even though Manchester United beat us 3 0. We were really, we were really in it. Uh, right. Well, Raheem's not with them anymore, but let's say this is last year. Raheem played well. Uh, Coutinho played well. Philippe was great I, because he does that, right? Um, but is it because I, of the Twitter? I, 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 think I don't think be.
1: he's that stupid. I think Brendan is smarter than people think he is. And that, I mean, he, you got to look from where he can't, who he followed. Kenny Daglish is hilarious. When you listen to him, that drives Scottish humor. I mean, I've been saying this for years. Someone overseas needs to get the damn Daglishes their own show. Because if you follow any of them outside of Paul they're all a riot so going from the dry humor that is Kenny Dagleish to, to 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 Rodgers you're going to get the coach cuz once again people don't realize this Rodgers is insanely young he's I don't think he's even 45 and No, and he's and he's, he's going to say what he's and he's got a philosophy. Yeah, I he's mean. gonna say stuff. Yeah, he's got a philosophy. I mean, was Alex Ferguson always the best of me? No, he kicked uh, most of them out. Yeah, right. So we've got to temper what we think because we we are looking at a pl- we're looking at coach and wanting him to say reactionary things. Okay, so if you say reactionary things. Like Josie Mourinho says all the time, you're going to be hated. Well, if you say things, if you don't say them, you're going to be hated. Either way.
0: Right, because so, I mean, people tell a me manager about of... Manuel Pellegrini. Well, Go why, ahead. Doesn't he say, yeah, why doesn't he say yeah. anything? Why doesn't he say anything? But then he's the opposite extreme of Mourinho, right? Mourinho says too much, it says some ridiculous things, and we can't stand
1: them. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, and
1: I'll be pr- perfectly blunt. I wish, I wish Mourinho would go away completely. I wish all the Chelsea fans would go away. And one of my favorite things to do is to walk up to a fan on campus and ask them what their team was before they started rooting for Chelsea. It's <laughs> completely evil to do, but completely evil. But that's that's neither here nor there. No, th- that's the thing with. Brendan Rodgers is I think he sees what the media is and realizes he really can't say much. So he has to say something dull and just go with it. Because it's it's a no-win situation for for him. When you're at a big club, you can't win. Regardless. If you win the title, okay, why aren't you gonna follow up the next year? I mean, we're we're gonna see that this year with Josie Mourinho. If he doesn't place and Man City runs away with it. <clears throat> He's gonna be hated. We're such a we're such a bad fan nowadays, so is that rash. nothing's good for us. Right. Nothing. Yeah. And that, that's that's getting atrocious. I mean, the guy that you said Unsub Dan is one of the one of my favorite follows on Twitter, and I love his podcast. You know what he? You know who he really likes? Brian Clough. He goes and <laughs> reads pretty much anything with Brian Clough. Now he could go and read any other person. What's he doing? He's reading someone in the past. Probably would read a Don Revy book too if there was anything out there but I could this there's, way. there's, there's, nothing, there's, there's nothing, fans that are young it's kind of sad there's nothing There's nothing,
0: uh there's nothing really glamorous about Don Revy out there even though Leeds won I mean Leeds won and they won and they won and they had such good teams but there is really Don Revy's reputation by the way for those who don't know was soiled by uh his uh his tenure as England manager and then his uh, dealings with, uh with, with uh, uh, Admiral, or was it Admiral, some, some other outfit, uh, uh, a, merchant, a merchandising company, apparel company, and then he's moved to the United Arab Emirates. So his reputation kind of got soiled after he left Leeds, but you know good point. We'll get right back to the discussion in a minute. I uh, want to say to all of our listeners, if you're enjoying this episode of divers and Cheats, it's time to give a, a shout-out to the sponsor who made this entirely possible, Rabble.tv. If you're not familiar with rabble, it's a completely new way of expor- experiencing sports on TV. The concept is simple. The next time you want to watch your favorite soccer team on television, but you're tired of the announcers because they're biased against your team or they're simply not that good, press the mute button and then head over to rabble.tv to listen and get a real fan's audio perspective broadcast of the game. I'll actually be doing one of these broadcasts from the Tampa Bay-New York game uh, live from Al Lang on Saturday night. Um, I have to say, though, the New York Cosmos fans, they might not want to listen to my broadcast <laughs> in advance. And if, yeah. there isn't, if there isn't a broadcast available, you can create your own broadcast by switching on your mic and calling the match. It's easy. Send up for free today and try it out. With Rabble, you can listen to broadcast on your desktop, through your iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. Plus, you can join in the conversation, as some of you guys have done tonight, by posting your questions or observations in the comments section. So take a moment to thank our sponsor for making this episode possible. That's Rabble TV. Where rabble.tv, keep in mind, it's Rabble TV, but it's rabble.tv is the web address, where it's your team and it's your call. Let's get back to some comments here. Uh, Matt the Drum says, and this is very interesting because this goes back to the whole social media uh, polarizing and Twitter polarizing everyone. Why can't people talk about a pro-rel hybrid system that would make MLS owners happy as well as traditionalists? That is the interesting conversation. That is the interesting and intelligent conversation. The problem, Steve, I think you would agree with this, is that with Ted and the Cosmos fans on one side and these MLS psychopathic loyalists on the other, uh, that kind of intelligent, reasoned approach never sees the light of day.
1: It would never. It would see the light of day if Ted would do the one thing I told him to do two years ago: is go have a meeting with Garber, go see Galati, and set yourself up. Ted could be so much more powerful than than his thumbs are, and go and talk to these people instead of getting behind the unwashed masses and yell and scream. I have said on a number of things. And I have called Ted out on a number of.
0: A oh, I I'm going to let you continue in a minute, saying, but uh, uh, there's there's a, just a classic comment. For instance, uh, Dan uh, Daniel wants to partake in this, and this is great um, comment right uh, from him. Leads won their medals by cheating. Of course, he he gives me a smiley face, but that is the Brian Clough line. So continue. Sorry, I just had to get that out there. <laughs> that I, 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 lo- I,
1: love his, I love his sarcasm.
0: By the way, these by the way, were cheated out uh, during that period, cheated out of a, a UEFA Cup against AC Milan. That was when Revy coached them. And then in 75, actually the season clothed, the 74-75 season, the season clothed began as the manager and then uh, was fired after 60 days or 40 day yeah, I can't even remember the number of days. Uh, and Jimmy Arnfeld. 44. Forty-four days. Thank you, Jimmy Arnfeld, who had been a great player for Blackpool, took over as their manager. They were robbed in the European Cup final against Bayern Munich. So uh, Leeds had their share of cheating going against them too. Maybe it was uh, an anti-British thing. I don't know. But continue. Sorry, I didn't I didn't, didn't want to well, make this show yeah, about Leeds and Derby and Forest, but we always kind of get there somehow. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the the thing with saying pro rel, you say it online and you get mocked one way, or you get Jumped on, then that's what's sad. Because realistically, if it wasn't such a paralyzing thing, you could have a very great topic to talk. You could have. There are great minds that are on both sides that you could talk to the talk about this with. Ted's not a stupid man by any stretch of the imagination. You could sit down and have a. Town hall meeting with anybody with soccer media, and talk about this and have a great meeting. You could, could do it now. Sadly, never going to happen. Never going to happen. It's the it's the Fox News effect on soccer, <laughs> and I just at this point with Pro Well, I don't talk about it anymore. Now, when our good friend Dan Fierstein calls into my show, it suddenly goes to it, or when. Ryan Seelock wants to get a little because Ted – because he does not like Ted. What Goes at it. But, Ted, Ted but see, but the way.
0: point is Ted is, has, has wound up all these people on Twitter. So he sits on Twitter all day. He's not the only one. He's the most notable example. We like to talk about Ted. He's going to be on this show at some point uh, in the near future. We're going to discuss these issues. He is soccer reform. So I, one of the things I've told Ted, because I do talk to him like you do, Ted – why don't you talk about uh, other aspects of reform around the game? There are serious things where the USSF needs to reform things, and he acknowledges that. USSF has to reform things. This has to happen. That has to happen. The relationship with youth clubs, et cetera. But to him, it all changes as there's parallel If to him, and this is the ideological dogma of a Ted, the NASL is not responsible for any of their faults, any of their shortcomings, any of the things they've done wrong as a business, any of the things they've done wrong as individual NASL clubs because they're in a closed system, so they can't really be held responsible for their actions. It's all the fault of MLS and Soccer United Marketing and the USSM. And then there are people who parrot that argument and then start uh, uh, arguing with you, which is why you don't have them on your show, why you can't have them on your show.
1: I, I, can't, I can't have any of them. I can't have 10. I. I... I would love to do an hour with him alone and talk about this because he raises some very good points, and then the crowd comes in. Now, to be honest with you, that's never to happen because I refuse to have him on because he's gone at me way too many times. And I know there are teams out there, and you probably do know this too, that have him blocked. Yeah, that refuse to talk to him, I and mean, there's a. There are the,
0: very just, prominent journalists that have him blocked, and there are prominent journalists who cover NASL who prefer NASL to MLS that have him blocked. So even people yeah. on his side of the argument think he's too dogmatic.
1: You're the only one I'm confused that doesn't have him blocked. Of yeah. all the top, top media guys, I, I keep looking and
0: going. It's, it's Bo. Bo doesn't have him blocked. Odor, uh Ivis doesn't have him blocked. There are a few that he's still able to interact with me, as you mentioned. Uh but that's that's really about it. I mean, I think golf has him blocked. Uh, yeah, most everyone else has him blocked.
1: Yeah, pretty much everybody that I know of, I know Dan has him has him blocked. I, I've had him blocked for years. I take him off every once in a while just to screw with him. But, I mean that, that's that's just what it is. I mean, there's but Besides Ted, there's so much in the sport. Even with what what NASL is trying to do, and I predicted this a couple of years ago, is trying to do. There's so much good to talk about with the sport that Twitter has just ruined it. Just ruined it. I mean, now I don't get much hate on Twitter because once again, what I I don't talk about the top things. I mean, I talked about New England Revolution last week. I've talked. San Francisco city FC, because I don't skirt the top hard topics, but that is because I know if I put something on, that's going to be a little testy. And I, I did, I did that when I talked about Rongan when I d- dedicated a show to Rongan I got a little bit of backfire on it. So I, you have to be kind of conscious of what's out there. Like I don't talk Liverpool. I'm a Liverpool fan. I don't mock yeah. them. Yeah, don't. you expose yourself. No, no, you're
0: right, because when I've tried to take a moderate stand towards Manchester City, part of, part of the reason I've spent days off of Twitter at times have been after City games, when I've tried to be very moderate about some of our, 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 our players saying, hey, they're not performing, there's something wrong. How can you say that? This guy, or, or if it's the, it's the opposite extreme, you know, he's just isn't really that bad, or, oh, how can you say that? He's terrible. And it's just... There's this narrative, and they're, they're like gangs on Twitter, right? There's like
1: vigilante, vigilante law on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there there is that on both sides. I mean, <clears throat> I jokingly put up every so often outside of my words, okay, like like one I always put up is, okay, who the hell has preki? And the other one is, okay, Liverpool fans, what about Brendan Rodgers do you hate today? Because that's all I see all the time. His transfer dealings are horrible. His tactics are horrible. His players are horrible. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying that Brendan Rodgers or the players at Liverpool are great all the time. They're not. Great players have bad games. Lionel Messi's had bad games. He's had bad months. Cristiano Ronaldo's had bad months. I'm sure... Sure, you could see Man City players that have had bad months. But the level of hate because we all play football manager, and I do it on the bus every every day when I'm going to work, is because we haven't done because we did well with that, our favorite team. We've taken our favorite team to European gold. So why can't these people do it? And the thing that really bugs me is that in order to coach. In the EPL, you have to have a UEFA A license Correct. or some type of license.
0: US UEFA A or UEFA Pro. You have to have one of those two.
1: That's the top of the line, folks. Yeah. That's the top of the line. Guys who don't have their
0: badges, you get. Uh, and if they're hired, I think they get three months, six months, something like that. They get those badges, or they 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 can't keep the job. I mean, there are, there are actual job qualifications you have to meet. You have to meet certification requirements. You know, we'll, we'll talk about this for a minute, Steve. You you you've got uh, some coaching badges, so you kind of un- you understand this better than the Twitterverse. Yeah, no, I, I will put it out
1: this way. Now, I'm not saying I am David Moyes or any of that. I have a I have a um. USA E license because I coach U17s here in, in New York and that was more of the simple fact that the club I needed coached for needed to have a coach that had the E on them. Now that's the basic level for before they put it. I got right under the limit for when they put it. They just as I was getting my E put in the the um, F license. I recommend anybody who follows the sport likes the sport. Go and get your badges. they are a lot of fun. You will learn more about the sport than you ever thought possible. In fact, Sub Dan, I have told him for god i he will he will sit underestimate he'll say I'm underestimating this. I've said maybe about six months he should go and get his license just for the hell of it.
0: And, yeah, I'm, t- I'm talking about it. doing it. I yeah. talked about doing it, and I uh, – Steve Bernasconi and I uh, – Steve's the communications manager at the Strikers. He used to be my assistant at the NASL. So we've talked about it now for three years, doing the class together, more than three years. We t- started talking about it like in late 2011. We still haven't done it. He's a lot younger than I am, so he will probably get around to doing it. Uh, maybe we still will This is not seven. I should call Steven in the morning and see – if we we should do this, but, uh, our, our, my boss at the NASL, David Downs had a USSF D license and he said it taught him so much about the game and understanding the game from a standpoint where he, as an Arsenal fan appreciated some of the things he used to question Wenger about a little more and and was much more tolerant of some of Arsenal Wenger's decisions. Once you've even gone through that kind of basic, uh, basic coursework. So that's, that's something, uh, to understand, you know, um, these these games can be useful as scouting tools, but they're not the be all and end all. You mentioned David Moyes. No. David Moyes used Football Manager as a scouting tool when he was at Everton and used it successfully. But it was one component of um, you know about ten different things he did. And Moyes was constantly having to look for bargains in the transfer market because of Everton's financial situation, which is now a little better, which is why they were able to afford Lukaku and. Uh, not have to sell stones. But when Moise was the manager, they were always scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as uh transfers were concerned. And he he used football manager. He he readily admits that. And he didn't use it when he went to Man United, which maybe why he didn't do as well there. But um but it is just one component. And so so often people's judgments about players are based on this stuff. I mean I I was I was sitting with uh uh, with Steven, um, uh, from Sconey again, the other night at Starbucks. And, and, and Steve said to me, you know, and he, Steve likes Bruce or Dortmund. He said, I love Abi Mayang, but if you play FIFA and you live on FIFA, as so many of these people on Twitter do, you think he's the best player in the world because he has, because his attributes, uh, lend itself to that particular style of video game.
1: Oh, I'll give you another example. And this guy's just getting into league on right now. Um, let the last say the last one of Football Manager Football 14. Jimmy Cabot he's at um Troy's right now a winger for them sets the world afire once you get once you get him as a 19 year old sets the world afire I've seen his stats he's never going to be on the French national team so if you're you're judging off of what Football Manager does you're going to be wrong I mean once again I played over in I had a, I had one save where I had
0: Rivaldo playing at
1: Colorado
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you can sometimes get these guys to obscure places I mean I remember when I had a uh, uh, football manager I think I had Del Piero played for Darby I mean it was it was a uh, or, or Blackburn someone uh in one of my football manager games and it was and, and Pierlo Pierlo and Del Piero off that uh, of that Juve team uh, Pirlo, of course, has been with Milan before, but I had one, those two guys playing. I think it was actually for Blackburn. Now that I think about it, and that would never happen in in real no. life. Now, of course, I didn't think that Shakiri would sign with Stoke either. That's a you know maybe that's a one-off, but, uh, that, that, that one off. But my brother-in-law is absolutely me.
1: loving this because he's from Stoke. He loves that that people actually give a damn about. He's like, we're just a backwater team that play plays at a plays at a, a place that's named after an encyclopedia. He says, I like this. <laughs> he, says, I, I, he says, I like this, that people,
0: I, that people are actually sorry now, realistically, Shakiri's there for probably a year. Ah, this is interesting. So uh, before we get back to Shakiri, uh, Brendan mentions to us that the, that the da- database that Moyes used was the Pro database that was developed by the same guys, but it's not actually the game. That's, that's a good point. I think he's correct. Moyes used it. Database that they developed based on all the scouting they did for the game, but not actually the game. So, because the game has all these other attributes to make guys better in the game that that are not realistic. Go on, yeah. So you think security's at stoke for a year? That's it.
1: Yeah, I, I have a feeling he's mo- he's doing that to move up a level because he. You see how his career has kind of gone has gone kind of sideways. That if he does well here, that you'll get the bump up to another. Another team. I mean, he's never going to be at a Man City, Man United, Barcelona, PSG type of team. He's going to be he's going to be that next level down, and so, somewhere coming at Stoke. And we all know Mark track record at his, where where. I mean, for God's sakes, he play he played at Man United and in Bayern Munich. So he has and Barcelona. And Barcelona, I, yeah, I forgot Barcelona. about that. I, yeah. I had that W. H. Smith um, guide of the '80s for the longest time until it just finally <laughs> fell apart.
0: <laughs> I have I have one or two of those too, which is uh, uh, which especially for a Liverpool fan is invaluable. Uh, Ian Rush moves on, and then you 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 bring in someone else, and and that worked for so long for Liverpool, but then when Ian Rush went to Italy, so surprisingly, at the end of his towards the end of his career, but then. It all kind of fell apart. The 1980s were a great time to talk about. Um, oh, gosh. Gotcha. So Morty says, we want Ted on unravel, We want grassroots soccer people on Rabble. We want Youth Academy here. We want it all. Um, another point here, I think it was from Matt again, uh, was about the need to talk about solidarity payments. That's something that someone like Ted should be talking about. I noticed that he's, um, he's taken some of Livio Bird's stories and commented on them, but then it's always in the context of Pro route. Olivia Bird from SI.com, formerly of uh, NBC Sports uh, uh, of Soccer, who is uh, Pro Soccer Talk, who is in the Seattle area, has done just a knock-up job on this DeAndre Yedlin story and uh, his youth club. And, and basically MLS and, and the Sounders violating, uh, well, not the Sounders being part of MLS, the MLS violating uh, FIFA rules as far as payments to youth clubs.
1: Is that a surprise? It's not a surprise to no. me that they're not going to try to sell down any of the money. I mean, um, I don't remember how to spe- say his last name, but he he's one of the first players. So one of the first Americans to go over. Um, he played for Brighton Hove. He's he's playing in uh, he's in um, L.A. now. I think you know him, Peter uh Peter Scurious. Yes, 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 yes. He he talked about the same thing too years ago on my show, when he was he was talking about that you need to share. You need to share the the money. I mean, I'll put it this way. I have three player I have three Kenyans on my team that what what happens if they go on and play play in college and they all will? What if they get signed? Oh, we're never gonna see any money from that. But we help develop it. And it's kind of like oh, thank you for parking them for a while and making them good. Whereas no.
0: there, there's, there's a different relationship in, 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 in England. Uh, I'll just give you the example of Sterling. Uh, Sterling came from QPR to Liverpool, uh, and QPR know is overspent. They had the seventh highest wage bill in the Premier League last season, even though they were relegated. They had the highest wage bill outside the really big clubs. Um, they needed that 7 or $8 million they got um, for developing Sterling. Uh, Sturridge uh, for developing Sterling. We, Man City, got a payment when you guys bought Sturridge from uh, Chelsea. We got a payment because we had developed them. So it, 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 that's the way it works in other countries. <laughs> if you come through someone's yeah. system, they they get compensation if they, if you you develop them before they're the age of eighteen. Here, um, MLS seems to feel like they, they, they they're not bound by that. It's, and the thing that gets me about the Edlin case. Those are those are local youth clubs. He's a local guy from Seattle. He's not uh, some guy that was picked in the super draft uh, that is from Dallas and went and played for New England. He is a local there, developed by a local youth club. You would think the Sounders needed to keep a good relationship with.
1: Exactly, and that's that's what MLS is missing. I mean, the but they're based on the NFL. I mean. Think where Garber came from. Yeah. And I mean, I have no love for the for NFL anymore after these past couple of years. But that's kind of where Garber is going with it, going with it. And I mean, I have to, when I talk to people outside of the sport, I have to temper what I say about, about them because it's always all, oh, we've got major league soccer, everything's right. Not really, folks. Or this is what the Pro Rel people miss, is that they think you could just drop Pro Rel in here. Keep in mind, the the league that Ted keeps mentioning has been around since the eighteen hundreds. Yes. We've been around for twenty. Yes. Uh-huh. Case in point, I mean, that's that's why all of it, that's why most of soccer fans right now are young. I mean, yeah, there's my generation, and I'm younger than you, that loves the sport for what it is. But the next generation that's getting in scares me. It scares me that they don't take the time to read this. I mean, until you understand what the struggles are that even my generation had to see to watch the sport, you begin to really appreciate it. I mean, I'm sitting next to a Detroit City FC scarf. Now, people that are following sport nowadays other than last year, oh, they're the greatest franchise. We love them. They've always been here. Not really. Not really. Three years, three years ago, if you had this show, and I wish you would have, and said that two of the soccer hotbeds, well, three of the soccer hotbeds in this country are Chattanooga, Sacramento,
0: and Detroit, we would have all laughed. Yeah, because none of them were around. Yeah, Chattanooga was, and Chattanooga was already kind of a story by tor- 2009, 2010. But Detroit, no one saw coming. Uh, no one saw, uh, really, the, the kind of success we were going to have in in, some, uh, in Louisville this year. That, that's been a stutter. Um, no one saw the kind of decline that we've had in Rochester. i right in your neck of the woods. I mean, I thought, I, I was mentioning this on a show the other day. We thought 10 years ago, Rochester was that next great market. We thought Rochester would be Seattle. Um, we got to wrap up here in a minute, but uh, Seattle. One thing I learned on Twitter: Seattle invented this sport, right? I, I, they, I,
1: invented they invented they, everything. They, they probably
0: will next year say that
1: they invented this show.
0: Yeah. Well, they invented everything. They, the, the sport didn't exist, and I, I remember one of my back and forth with a Sounders fan in 2009, and uh, getting into it with him, and he said, "Well, maybe we didn't invent American soccer, but we certainly perfected it." <laughs> Like okay, I should have saved that and framed that. I didn't know how to take screenshots at the time. <laughs> but that—that that is the attitude in the Pacific Northwest. But I love most of you in the Pacific Northwest. But there is a contingent of fans. Actually, Portland fans aren't that way. Sorry. Uh, and Vancouver fans are not that way. And I and I loved working with Vancouver when I was in the NASL. Um, when they played with us for the for the year before they went to MLS. Uh, but the Seattle fans. Ugh. It's a whole other thing. That was always an issue, actually, at the lower division level. You know, it was cool when Vancouver's fans would come, come and travel. People in Minnesota could tell you this, but when the Seattle fans came to town, even when in the U.S. these, oh boy! So they have a chip on their shoulder, and they certainly exercise it on Twitter. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on Twitter, of course, and uh, your podcast? Can uh, okay, give us a couple words about your pod and your Twitter.
1: Well, my my Twitter is Yellow Card SCB. I, I'm very original with that. Uh, my podcast is Yellow Card Pod. I'm on Tuesdays seven till sometimes eight thirty, sometimes eight. It de- depends on how I feel. Um, we talk about everything. My God, I've had on three times, and I, I name drop them every show.
0: Um, <laughs> Thank we, you for that. Yeah. That's my agent uh, checks in the mail.
1: The, as a, a Dan will tell you, we, we did we did a running tally one day. I, I asked Dan to um, listen to the show and run a tally of how many times I mentioned your name on a show. It was ten one day. I, I was like, Oh dear God, I, I follow him way too much. Um, I I do I talk about everything. I I and I'm openly one of the most sarcastic people you'll find on Twitter because when I first got into this, I didn't think I was going to get by on vast knowledge or References. Yet I've been doing this show, sitting here watching Blue Bloods, and I recalled Revy. So uh, I decided. The, I decided at the beginning of the when I got into soccer that I was going to use use my charm and my sarcasm, and it's sometimes backfired on me. I mean, I use it about once a week. I ask who has kidnapped Preki. So I mean, you, you'll you'll hear a bunch of that. I mean, and I openly try to get my sh- um, co-host Chris Gluck, who's Wonderful to laugh at least once or twice an episode because it's it's what's good about this sport. The sport's New given interest. me so, so much, and I just hope to each month give them at least something.
0: You are the second most uh, sarcastic f- uh, follower on Twitter for me. The most being one Thomas Wrong. <laughs> that ties it together Oh dear well. God, he's crazy. <laughs> yes. I love
1: Wrong. I love Wrongin. I mentioned that I live near Dinosaur Barbecue and his his. His response is, I want to hug a dinosaur.
0: <laughs> he uh yes that's that's thomas in, in, in a word and actually there's a place called dinosaur world right off the highway when you drive between orlando and tampa so uh maybe thomas uh check that place out <laughs> while he was coaching tampa and his couple of stints in the in the tampa bay area uh so you can find me at twitter at kkfla737 of course check us out at worldsoccertalk.com follow World Soccer Talk at World Soccer Talk and at rabble tv i want to thank steve for being on the show We're going to do this again sometime soon, Steve, and uh, uh, we'll talk more about the Ted issue and maybe we'll have Ted on uh, with a show real soon. So once again, thank you for listening, uh, and uh, we will catch you on the other side. Enjoy your football.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.